Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Welcome back to my podcast, Between Us Podcast. Um, I'm really excited to have a special guest today. Her name is Zainab, and she's done a lot of amazing, amazing activist work. Um, she's also a nuclear engineering student, which is really, really amazing, mashallah. So um, tell me a little bit about like the kinds of work you've done in the past. Well, hi, Fatima's listeners. She was hyping me up. Uh- <laughs> I have mostly done work in um, climate justice, uh, racial justice, um, and Title IX protections, um, as well as working to get more women involved in STEM, especially women of color. Um, At the moment, I'm trying to do a lot more work with my university to get them to divest from fossil fuels um, and to implement better COVID relief uh, programs and resources because um, they basically said a big F you to the student body and staff. Um, so we're trying to pressure them to do what's right. Yeah, that's actually something we're also doing at my university, which is kind of crazy. Um, I feel like that's the trajectory of every high school activist ever, right? Like we all end up working on our local college campuses, which is great because, you know, a lot of college campuses need a lot of change and you don't find that out until you go there. But um, exactly. Yeah. So um, tell me a little bit more about like the work you've done regarding climate change. Like, how is that like? Um, So I do it with a couple of organizations, uh, U.S. Climate Strike and Sunrise Movement. When I first started to get involved in, I guess, the climate justice, environmental sustainability um, sphere, I realized much like the gun violence prevention movement, it's extremely whitewashed. And um, we approach it from an extremely Eurocentric perspective. And so I sort of, with myself and with other Black Indigenous um, members of our group, we're sort of promoting a more intersectional, anti-imperialist, anti-capitalist, I guess, perspective um, in terms of climate justice. Because, for example, nobody talks about how um, the oil that's being used to pollute the planet is a product of um, the ravaging of the Middle East. and the military industrial complex uh so it's it's more than recycling and composting and turning off the lights it's um it's really about getting western powers out of nations that they don't belong in (laughs) yeah absolutely and it's just funny because like everyone well not everyone but at least for me a lot of the people i've met have this like moment when they realize that it's all interconnected and like you can't really separate issues from each other if that makes sense exactly yeah because like i know like and especially with youth activists they tend to separate things like gun violence prevention is one thing and then like climate strike is another thing you know all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and like at the end of the day all points back to like the systems that like perpetuate all of these injustices yeah um so like as a Muslim activist in these spaces you talked a little bit about that but there have been any like specific challenges you've faced yeah um it starts with me mostly being the only hijabi there um and usually I'm the only Arab person there um 
so within these spaces, I'm oftentimes the sort of the one that has to uh, air quote, make trouble and bring up these issues that nobody else does because I'm the only one who's lived it. I don't necessarily blame them. Um, but sometimes I do wish that <laughs> I had people who identified um, similarly myself to sort of back me up. Um, because oftentimes when I'm in these spaces, I feel the need to like have a white man back me up in order for the rest of the group to validate my point. Like I feel safer once a white guy says, oh, Zainab's right. We should be doing this. And I hate that. Um, yeah. yeah. It's such like, it's such a problem. Like also in STEM fields, right? Cause STEM is very white male dominated. Actually, that's a great segue into what we're gonna talk about next. So you're also a woman in a field, nuclear engineering, that like, in addition to being a STEM field, which is already white male dominated, it's like the STEM field where there's like no women at all, right? Yep. Um, and how's that like for you? <laughs> um so the funny thing is I haven't experienced sexism so much as I've experienced um Islamophobia because uh nuclear science is very much affiliated with the military and bombs um so they're either saying oh are you trying to join the military and like assimilate or are you trying to take our secrets and sell them back to e or Saudi Arabia not even Egypt they say Saudi Arabia I'm like bro I'm not from Saudi Arabia I was born and raised in Milwaukee Wisconsin um and little do they know that I don't study nuclear with the, any intent of working with the military or any form of weaponry um in fact if used correctly nuclear um, technology can sustainably fuel the earth so that's what I'm working on right now but you know these chads want to make it difficult so I'll let them <laughs> yeah and you know what's awesome is like I remember well I remember when we were in high school you would you were always saying like one of your goals was to harness nuclear fusion and to be a surgeon and you're you're like on your way to getting there mashallah so Thank you awesome. I hope so <laughs> but seriously like I think for me, like um, before I switched my major to international relations, I was like in aerospace engineering, which is also very white male dominated. And I had that same dilemma, like even if I did graduate with a degree, where would I work? Because every single aerospace engineering company is like a military company. Mm -hmm. Like You've got Lockheed Martin and I don't know, I forgot the other ones, but it's just like not a good major to be in for me and that was one of the main reasons I switched because I couldn't see myself ending up anywhere where I would do anything useful with the knowledge that I gained which really sucks and I know a lot of like people who are conscious about social justice issues and who are conscious about like this type of stuff won't want to do these majors which is a major oh my god I just said a pun but <laughs> which is like <laughs> Which is like a big reason why um, a lot of women might not want to get into these types of like fields, right? Yes. Yeah. So that's like, and you said you were doing work, um, was trying to get women like more involved in STEM, right? Mm-hmm. What are you doing in terms of that? So I started a group a few years ago called uh, the STEMists, which basically seeks to um, empower women encourage them to join STEM fields while also educating them about 
um, the prejudices and biases that already exist and both how they can cope with it as they're entering and how they can systemically change it. Um, Because ultimately, I don't want to give them coping mechanisms. I want to reroute the system to not force women to have to have coping mechanisms to deal with sexist men. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing, mashallah. And inshallah, you succeed because it's really needed. Because it's not even just like women not joining these majors. It's also like there's a very um, high, what is the opposite of retention? What? There's like a very high uh, percentage of like women of color leaving STEM fields. Oh, you said opposite of retention? Yeah. Just dropping out, yeah. Yeah, so that that's a problem too. Um, and I remember when we talked before, you mentioned like two different types of racism that you've encountered mm-hmm. in these fields as well. So can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, so obviously I don't think this is like scientifically proven or studied by, sociolo- yeah. by sociologists but um the what i've personally witnessed is either somebody um being racist in that they believe that you're inferior to them you're less able than them and somebody displaying racism through believing that you're a threat to their security so one is um inferior ability and the other is an inferior moral stance um and it's difficult because I've had to endure both. Um, and honestly, it's kind of a compliment when somebody thinks you're a threat to national security. I'm like, oh, so you think I can do it? Wow. Um, but it's, it's a really sucky position to be in. And that's part of why I joined the engineering student government. Um, because a lot of people aren't aware that this is an issue, especially within, as you said, aerospace and nuclear fields. Um, and it's predominantly white. So they wouldn't realize that that's a problem. And I actually wanna speak to the Dean of Engineering soon. He is a black man who has spoken multiple times about the, these um, inequities in the field. So I would hope that he'll understand where I'm coming from and that we need to make this a more widely understood issue. Yeah, definitely agree. Um, and. Yeah, it's definitely an issue for people of color in general, not just yes. women of color. So want to add that on to what I said before. Um, oh, yeah. I think it's actually worse for men in this case um, because they're obviously stereotypically viewed as stronger, more aggressive, um, with less of a moral compass. So I would say in this case, it's, it's, where, it's where men are at the disadvantage here. So it, it sucks. Yeah, for sure. And you're in Michigan, right? So yes, that's like a place that's very heavily, um, very heavily white. So mm-hmm. in terms of organizing there, what have you faced like any kinds of pushback? Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so yes, Michigan is predominantly white, predominantly conservative. I live in what we call sort of a liberal bubble. Southeast Michigan is um, very diverse. Uh, especially because we've got Dearborn, um, one of the most heavily like Arab populated cities in the nation. Um, but I don't deal with racist in organizing spaces so much as I do white neoliberals um, who are very complacent and centrist. Um, 
they don't really understand the need for progressive radical change. They're more incrementalists and they like appeasing both sides because they think that'll get the most done. So that's been pretty frustrating. Um, but I also found like incredible um, radical spaces um, that really listen to BIPOC and um, we work from there. And I think that the work that I've been doing in the last year has been the most spiritually meaningful as well as politically because I don't feel like I'm sacrificing my values or speaking over somebody that wants to be heard within the space. So I think I've been in a good space organizing wise. Um, what do you, what about you? How is it in Maryland? Um, for Maryland's definitely a lot more diverse, but I can relate to like what you said about centrists because I was just gonna say like, um, I've had experiences at UMD, um, which is heavily like Jewish and Zionist. Um, I've had types of experiences where they're liberal Zionists, which doesn't, oh. yeah. So those types of people is what, like I'd be in class and then I'd say something. And I had this one situation in a class a few years ago where this dude would not leave me alone. Like I was doing my um, final project. It was a class on the civil rights movement. So I was doing my final project on the, um, the relationship between like the uh, Palestinian liberation movement in Palestine and then like Malcolm X and the other civil rights leaders here. And he would not leave me alone. Like he was just like attacking me left and right during class, um, talking about like how Palestinians are terrorists and like Arabs suck and, you know, like Zionism is the right way to go or whatever. And I had to do a lot of research because I realized that was the moment I realized that I wasn't as well versed in the issue as I thought I was. Um, and I had to figure out like strategic ways to respond to him. And thankfully, like some of the class was on my side, but um, it's just been like, so that was in my community college. And then at UMD, the Zionists have a very, like a stronghold, I would say. Mm. Yeah, so they, like, they control the SGA. Hillel chapter is, like, huge, and they fund all these trips to Israel. Um, and I've worked with SJP, like, for the past few years. Um, and, yeah. Yeah, so we've kind of been trying to, like, let a, a BDS bill pass. And it's been very, very difficult because we're small. They're huge. They have resources. They have money. Um, and I'm sure it's the same as at, at University of Michigan, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, divestment bill. I've no I know they've been going on in a lot of universities. So that's been the um, situation in Maryland. That sucks. But um thankfully, at least here, there are also a lot of um members of the Jewish community that like heavily fight for Palestine. Um and a lot of them are my friends. Uh but it's it's been difficult because there there are many ways, I guess, that people approach Zionism. And they don't realize that it's sort of like conservatism where Zion, you could technically define Zionism as the right to return to your homeland. But if you call yourself conservative, there are many different connotations attached to that. Um, and Zionism began as a political movement started by somebody who inherently believed that Palestine belonged to Jews and only Jews. So even if you try to change the definition of Zionism to liberal Zionism, um, or ideological Zionism. Yeah, everybody should be able to live in Palestine if they want to. But there's no denying that the term started with racist ideology. 
Yeah, definitely. And then there, obviously there's a, there were Jews living peacefully in Palestine before the whole, um, like the Balfour Declaration and all that other stuff, right? It was basically, again, white imperialism that kind of ruined that whole country um, because it was like Jews, Christians, and Muslims living peacefully. And then one day um, they decided they wanted to start their own nation in Palestine and kind of kicked people out, which is what started the whole problem. So it's just like it's funny how not funny it's sad how everything goes back to like white imperialism exactly yeah um. which is what we've been talking about but yeah i do want to clarify when i said like um there's a lot of like jewish and zionist people is that also a lot of the jews in maryland do support like the bds movement and they support sjp um what i meant was like hillel itself like as an organization they're very heavily funded by Zionists, which is like the root of the problem. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. All right. So, Jazakumullah Khairan for listening. Jazakumullah Khairan Zainab for taking the time to do this on my podcast. Make sure you follow her on Instagram at President Zainab. Make sure you leave a review if you like this. Um, follow my podcast on wherever you get your podcast from. And yeah. Assalamu alaikum. <laughs>